Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Adrian Hernandez, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this beautiful day? I'm feeling like a young Carrie Kittles on the eve of more basketball greatness uh, with the WNBA invading the city as Summer League winds down. So I can't complain. I got the camera in the studio, too, for everyone watching on YouTube. So every day we're getting a little bit better, which is what everyone should be trying to do. Right, Brandon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I it's cool because the WNBA right now kind of has – the game to itself, right? Like it's summer league and WNBA baseball is off for a few days right now. So it's, just, it's a cool thing to see because there are a lot of good teams in the WNBA this season, especially the aces. And we'll see what happens, you know, with the next couple of days, but I'm assuming the viewership will skyrocket. And we have a, a fourth member. We haven't done this live on the air, but can we kind of, uh, we have someone in the green room as we call it. <laughs> we're going to, we're going we're gonna to welcome in. It's our money buckets. What's up buckets? How are you? How, how's it going guys? I was in the waiting room. I could hear everything, but I was nervous that you guys wouldn't see me, but it's good to, good to be here. Good to be here. You know what? The fun thing about this is that when this show is like on television, like a, you know, a few months from now when we have it all streamlined and all this fun stuff, we're going to look back at this Adrian as the fun days where we were just, uh, you know, you know, not having that much fun, but it will nah. be so no, 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 not that we're not having fun. It's just as we build this, we are, are focused on bringing you the best in this world where everyone has so many options. So basically, these are the building blocks. These are the foundations. You know what I'm saying? Because you guys, you guys are Lakers fans in here, right? And a lot of people. Wow. Listen. I don't think our money buckets is. I think our money buckets is more along your lines of uh, this team is trash or. Uh, no, well, what I mean by that is for most organizations, we can't just go in the offseason and go, we'll get LeBron and he'll fix everything. That's you right. Know, some teams have to go through the draft, and, that, and that's what we're doing here, little by little. Um, but, but you know, I mean, these are the special moments that you're right. We'll look back on and be like, yeah, shout out to StreamYard hosting us here. Love it. Love the StreamYard logo, which I think is like a duck with headphones on or something, but it looks <laughs> very cool. Um, all right. We, we do have to get into this at some point, and I, and I didn't have anything prepared in, term, in terms of something um, really big to talk about in terms of how sports media has changed and has evolved. And this is an ongoing conversation. So we, we, we've been talking about, you know, having one show just about this and maybe having 
some guests on. But to be honest, I think during the downtime of the summer, where again, during the All-Star uh, break, this is sort of the time period where there's really no sports. I mean, like no games at all. I mean, last night, the ESPYs happened and uh, they, they really picked that time of the year. Why? Because there's no games. You know, the baseball is on hold. The, the WNBA uh, takes their break as well. But um, the changing landscape of sports media, and I think this has been happening for quite some time. I think the pandemic perhaps made this uh, transition a little bit quicker. Again, you, you, for the past 10 years, people have been talking about the, the death of newspapers. And what they've really been talking about is the death of the physical newspaper. The problem that newspapers have had for years is transitioning from the physical print form to being a digital company. The New York Times has done that extremely well. In fact, of all the newspapers out there, they've, they've, they've done it the, the best, where they, they still have a physical paper there. Again, there's a certain, uh, you know, there's a certain contingent of, of their subscribers that still want that. And I'm one of them, by the way. I still like the physical paper. However, their business model has changed where they're not dependent on print. In fact, at some point, they would love to, I think, uh, just wean off the print. However, the majority of newspapers Sad. still get the majority of their revenue from print. So when print is dying, their revenue is dying. And when print goes away... I, that's that's the fear. What happens with that? Because at the end of the day, journalism still exists. The great stories still exist. The great reporters out there still do a fantastic job. It is really incumbent upon the people who are running the newspapers to rethink how they, what they own. And the New York Times, again, has done the best of this to say, we're not a newspaper we're a media company. So, Adrian, maybe I'll, I'll start with you. I'm the oldest of the group. It's not even close. You just turned 30, the big 3-0. Um, how do you feel about that? Because, again, a newspaper, the physical newspaper is going to be gone very soon. The next big story is that a lot of these papers will not be printing seven days a week. And they really probably shouldn't be. Like, you know, in Los Angeles, I have a subscription to the Los Angeles Times. The Tuesday edition is Sunday, uh, some days, 28 pages. It is so thin, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking someone stole a couple of sections. So at some point in time, there's, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you may not have a physical paper. I think you're, you're for sure going to like always have a Sunday paper. I think maybe Saturday and Monday. But you're going to get to a point very soon here where there's no longer a seven-day-a-week newspaper. Because, again, years ago, you needed the newspaper in the morning to get your news. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. So the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, and you go on and on, they have great, or some of them have great websites. That's the other thing, folks. If you're going to depend on your website, you better be sure that your website's very good. And I don't want to call anyone out, but... A lot of these people are, uh, a lot of the companies are going away from print, which is fine, but you've got to double down on your website. But Adrian, I've talked enough well, about so this. Your thoughts on this. Even on that little uh, point, I believe it's on Google Chrome. Isn't there that app that you can kind of bypass the 
what, what is it called? The trial that websites have where you can read five articles. Yeah. And if you have that, it unlocks everything. And that's just a free, that's not like a paid thing. And I know Apple on your phone, there's that one program that like it shows you everything that would be paid for if you were subscribed to that website. But there's a lot of different angles. I thought it was interesting yesterday. Someone, a, a famous writer, he focuses on college sports, said his name escapes my mind but he the the tweet on the sporting trib that kind of broke down with the new york times and the la times their decisions to get rid of the sports sections um and he said please don't let this news discourage you there are still great journalists out there and the future looks bright there's great journalists but on that perspective with less and less do you think people are getting paid to do this do you think people are going to want to become a journalist from all different aspects of life, like to be able to get into the business and kind of go through those years where you're not getting paid a lot of money or you're interning or you're doing it for experience. Like there's a certain group of people that would be able to do that because things are expensive out here in every facet of life. And on a separate note too, which this can be brought out, not just in newspapers and not just in sports. Like look at what's going on with streaming and TV shows and movies where HBO is randomly every day you don't know what movies they're taking out what tv shows they're taking out and they're not these shows that you can go to walmart or target or best buy or whatever and buy the box set it only exists technically as a digital thing so it's not physical so not only are these actors that did this show like there's no proof it's like yelling into a forest that's empty. If no one heard you, it doesn't exist. Like when you start getting rid of these things and there's no physical proof, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, I used to be a big buy the collector's edition of a video game. If I really liked it, I was not a Pokemon collector or whatever. And, and through COVID, I know collecting all sorts of different type of things has gone up. But I think one of the reasons it also has is because so many things aren't becoming available in a physical uh, set. I was about to say a cuss word, but one of the biggest things is I remember going to the NBA finals and not getting a ticket. And I was like, yo, this NBA Finals ticket cost me multiple hundreds of dollars. I want that memento. Yeah. And for, for people like these the, to not have a physical thing, like let's say they, they you work at a newspaper and you get fired and they automatically, like a bitter ex, just delete all your work and all your stories. There's no proof that that happened. I don't know the legality, like if they can do that legally or whatever, but I'm just saying that's what's happening in the entertainment landscape. When you look at TV shows and you look at movies where if Netflix decides to just get rid of it because it's clogging up service space and they want to put in new shows or this, that, and the third, it doesn't exist. Now there's nowhere to get that. So to me, like that's a very, very terrible thing, let alone kids need to read, man. People need to read. Yeah, I, I definitely want to open it up to Brandon and our money buckets because what has to change now, the, the biggest change in terms of the journalists, and again, I think you're right, or I think that reporter is correct. There are great journalists coming up. What they have to do, and this is different, and this is why I think a lot of the journalism courses out there have to change, is that the same great content that you're producing, there's value there. However, you are ha you you kind of have to hustle. You kind of have to grind. And again, th these are terms that normally in journalism, like no, like I'm just going to do my work and do my job for my employer, and I'm going to get paid, 
and that paycheck's always going to be there. Well, that's not the case anymore, right? And so you have to control your content to the best of your ability. And so that means you have to be a business. And I thought one of the most amazing things was said by Stephen A. Smith. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Stephen A. Smith has his own YouTube show on his YouTube channel. I mean, think about that. The most powerful voice at ESPN, which is the most powerful sports company. Again, he's at the, he's at the pinnacle of where you'd want to be in traditional sports media. He said, my goal isn't to be an employee. And he, he's a very well-paid employee. His goal is to be a business. That, you know, he cited Jay-Z. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a business man. I'm a business man. And so he said he looks up to Pat McAfee and Colin Cowherd and Dan Patrick and Joe Rogan and guys like that because they have a business. And what people mistake about the Pat McAfee deal, they didn't hire Pat McAfee to be an employee, technically, if you really think about it. They bought what he had built. He went out on his own and built this amazing business that fans are allowed, by the way, too. Because they let him walk away because he was in their company. Sure. But by the way, he wasn't going to do that there. So, I mean, like he, he had to leave to build what he built that FanDuel invested $100 million into that, like, ESPN is looking like, we want that. They're in the business of buying things. They buy rights to the National Football League. They buy rights to the NBA, the NHL. They buy things. They buy things that can make them money. They know that buying the Pat McAfee show, they looked at the numbers, they did their homework. This is going to make us money, right? So if you can be, if you believe in yourself, if you want to bet on yourself and say, and by the way, it's not simple. I mean, again, you can probably count it on one hand, guys, who could do what th these guys do in terms of Pat McAfee, Joe Rogan, things like that. I could be wrong. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 12, perhaps it's more. But if you can do that, you build the business on that and you control it, right? You know, because back in the day, you just get hired to do a job and you would be at the whim of the company and the company would say, we own you. You can't do anything for anybody else. And for as long as you work, if you want to do a book, we own that book. You want to do a movie? We own that movie. You want to do a podcast? We own that podcast. And by the way, you can't do that for anybody else. It's just for us. And if we don't want you doing that podcast or that movie or that book, guess what? You're not doing it. Well, those days are over. And I'm not saying like everyone can do it. And again, th there's so much here that I'm, we're going to you know, talk about this more in the second segment. But Brandon, your thoughts on that as a content creator yourself, I really think the the days of just saying, all right, I'm just going to get this one job. And no, like you, you can succeed with your own podcast, with your own talk show, with your own YouTube channel, with your own, this, that, and the other, your thoughts on that, Brandon. Yeah. You know, first thing I'll say is I'm still trying to, you know, it's harder for podcasts. I feel like to get noticed um, or, you know, when we transition to YouTube, it's about consistency, putting it out there, putting it on YouTube shorts, like that's important. But Arash, you hit it right on the money. The future of sports media is the personal brand. If you will truly want to make money because these companies. Oh, Lost Brandon there. He's oh, my uh, fault, my no, fault, my right. fault, my fault. I'm here. I'm here. We I'm here. Can you, you guys right. see me? Yeah, we got, Sorry, you. We got I, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the future is 
your own brand, right? That's how you make serious money in the industry, creating your own economy. That's kind of the thing that's going around, not just the sports media industry, but everything. Like the nine to five is dying slowly. Um, And, you know, there is not as much stability, of course, and it's risky building your own brand because there's not a lot of true income right away. And listen, I've built a TikTok following from nothing. Same with Armand. We don't make much money off of that. Almost nothing, even though we have a ton of followers. He has more than me. But um, it's one of those things where you're tr- we're trying to build something long term because, you know, working at a company, it's just the future is not you don't want to be like you said, a Rosh, uh, constrained to one company, unless they're paying you like Pat McAfee, where he can, yeah. you know, do whatever he wants. But obviously when you're up and coming in this industry, it's a hard time right now to get work. So you got to focus on your brand. You know, I mean, ESPN's firing everybody like Jeff Van Gundy got fired. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy's their best play by play guy. They fired him. So, you know, it's one of those things where, and they have a ton of bozos that are doing clickbait on there that they, that they pay a lot of money because that gets views. It's about money at the end of the day. But, you know, I think the future of sports media is creating your own brand, doing it through YouTube, doing it through TikTok and all the new social media platforms. What do you think are money buckets? Um, how many of you guys are familiar with Kenny Beecham? Is anybody here familiar with I am. Yeah. So for for Arash, um, his YouTube name is King of the Fourth Quarter. The reason why I bring him up is because to me, he's a pioneer in this new era and new wave. He started off doing, I believe it was NBA trivia videos on YouTube like seven or eight years ago, basically just free balling it. I don't even think he, he was thinking of it in this landscape. Fast forward seven, eight years later, Stephen A. Smith invited him a few months ago to be on first take because he is the voice of the NBA for the new generation, for Gen Z and all these people. They consume his content via YouTube. They consume his content via Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, And what he's done is shown that you can build your own path in this industry, as you've been discussing. Um, And the beautiful thing of it is when you do that, then House of Highlights takes his content and says, hey, do you want to have your podcast on our platform? And then yeah. he becomes the face of that platform. But the thing is that it is, as you guys mentioned, it's, it's his own business that he started from the ground up. And I think that when you can relate to the younger generations, that's, that's the key now because we've mentioned this in Private Arash. They don't consume full games anymore. Yeah. And... Things like The Athletic, by the way, The Athletic is letting go of beat, uh, beat writers, beat reporters, because that's not how sports are consumed anymore, unfortunately. Um, growing up, you know, we were more restricted to following one team and, and doing it that way. But nowadays, these kids, they go on social media, they'll see a few highlights, and that's how they consume sports. That's their, that's their means of consumption. So. It's a it's a changing landscape, and I think we're just starting to see the beginning of it, and it's going to change further and further as we go along. It really speaks to the disconnect that that whenever we talk, by the way, guys, like you bring up names I've never heard of, and then you show me their pages, and they're getting like millions of views, and they have millions of followers, and it's like, yeah, you know, because I'm over here reading you know, the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, the LA Daily News, you know, watching traditional 
uh, TV and things like that. And you guys are consuming sports media the way that Gen Z is. That's the interesting thing. Can I interject real quick? And every day it seems like there's five more new ones. (laughs) So it's hard to keep up. But, yeah, continue, Arash. No, I mean, that's where – we have to think about it, you know, because for years and years and years, there were gatekeepers. And, you know, if if you guys were where you are now 20 years ago, you know, you couldn't be in sports media unless you went to local market number 275, you know, and then you worked your way up, you know, and then you, you, you got a job covering preps in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And if you grinded and did your job well, you, you move up, maybe you move to, you know, the 100 market or the you know, number 50 market. And then at some point, 10 years down the line, maybe you, 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 maybe you get to come back home. Well, that those days are gone. You know, you can, you can cover the Lakers, in high school and have a following it's it's crazy um hold up but you know no nah, it's it's incredible and it's something that we do have to get into more in the second segment because um this is i think this is a ongoing conversation i think it's really fun to have with with you guys because you teach me a lot you know i'm i'm hoping that, that i kind of teach you because i think it's still important to cover a beat you know, I still think it's important to show up to the locker room, the clubhouse, be around the a team, talk to the coaches and the players and, and do that. But how you convey those stories has changed. All right, so we'll talk about that some more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 of Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Ross Marconzi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, we're going to continue the conversation. It's going to be a unique segment. Uh, I'll give you guys sort of like the background for those that are watching on YouTube um, and even those who may be tuning in on the radio or podcast. So Brandon pulled to the side of the road. Uh, for some reason, his uh, camera can't work, but you can hear his beautiful voice. So that's why you'll be seeing a picture of him or a black screen. We'll figure out what to do there. Armani Buckets is a up-and-coming coach. At some point during this segment, he's got to run out to coach his team. Also, at some point during this segment, I'm going to get an important call that I'm going to have to mute myself off and step aside. And Adrian, uh, the, the, the pro's pro that he is, will be quarterbacking this mess. Uh, but listen, it's the beauty of sports media continuing this conversation what do you think, Adrian? I don't think the second time this week, the first time, as many people can recall, because it's now on YouTube, which, by the way, you should subscribe, YouTube slash at Sporting Trib, uh, because of the All-Star Game and Lids updating the jersey sales on MLB and who's in the top five. We kind of went into jersey attire and fashion and how we wear it to the gym or to a game and mm. if 
Vancouver, and I don't wear nobody's name on the back of this book. <laughs> like, we got into all of that. Now, we'll switch it up. If this ends up just being me at any point, I'm pulling up the SummerSlam card. Let's do it. Three weeks away from WWE SummerSlam. We'll get into the bloodline and Roman Reigns. We'll put on our seatbelts and we'll go to the stairway to hell or heaven, depending on how you listen or watch it. But it is what it is. There's moving parts. Our man still like he, he's he's just at the All-Star game getting all this great coverage and stuff. A lot of things happen. Phone calls, exclusives. You know what it is. It's just the circumstances situation. We're just here for the ride. It's going to be fun. Um, Brandon, we'll continue the conversation with you just to prove people that you are there. Uh, we were talking about sports media and the future of sports media. You are a little bit like old school and new school. I think you really do enjoy being on the beat. Do you think there's value? Because a lot of these uh, publications or media companies are saying, well, we're not going to cover the day-to-day. We're not going to cover games. We're not going to cover like the day-to-day. I think being there day-to-day enables you to do the big picture stuff. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just being in the clubhouse for the Angels, seeing like, you know, how guys interact and being able to interview and get coverage is still extremely important, right? Like, I, I don't think it should be undervalued. Uh, even Sarah uh, Valenzuela that works for the LA Times, you know, for the Angels, now what is she going to do for her stories, right? Because it's one of those things where, you know, everything is due by three. She's going to have to do, like, player profiles and stuff like that, right, and have it the day before and then do it the next day because now it's, like, these recaps that I think are very important at times. I do the three takeaways, and I have coverage and quotes. I think that's extremely important um, moving forward in the industry. But, you know, you can get video, too. I know the Angels don't allow much video, but Claudia gets it for us sometimes, and, Shout out to her. She's been doing a great job, too. But um, I think the point here is, is you need media coverage. You need to cover the teams. You need to be in there. But mixing it with the new school of video and, you know, putting in effects, animations, whatever you want to do to make it more fun and connect to the younger Gen Z viewers, uh, there's a mix you can definitely do for sure. I agree, uh, Brandon, that it's super important. I was going to ask you guys, you know, in basketball, we've seen the player empowerment era. And LeBron, I think, you know, started with moving to Miami. And you saw a lot of younger fans not rooting for teams anymore, rooting for yeah. players. And I feel like that kind of has trickled down into how we see the beat and how we how we cover teams. Because I well, feel like, yes, go ahead, Adrian. No, I'm just saying, like, the NBA in particular, it's very interesting, like, even this week. Like, so much of it has changed. Um, Hell, you could look at the landmark of Draymond during the playoff run when he signed this podcast with volume and was literally going from the press conference to the hotel to record a podcast. It was unheard of to some unthinkable. Like, Brandon in his own soul, he's like, this is madness. This cannot happen. (laughs) That's what it is. And now we have now... Like, let me just lay out the past month, right? So Dame Lillard finally decides he wants to be traded. Woj, for the longest time, says, no, that's not true, blah, 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 blah. What do we find out? The GM for the for the Blazers is his former, is, used to work on, on Woj's site, the Draft Express. 
right? So obviously there's a there's a side that Woj is trying to to defend for, and then there's others like Shams with Kyrie and James Harden and other that get the player side. So we kind of know that already in those relationships. But even going into podcast where Cameron's new podcast about three weeks ago kind of went into what happened with Jordan uh, Poole and Draymond Green and what was actually said between them that led to the fight. 20, 10 years ago, you might think, who kissed some rappers that don't like who? Who gives a crap? Blah, 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 blah. I don't put any stock that he doesn't know and that's actually truthful because main entities, ESPN's not going to go with that. That's not what they do. But so many people are watching that podcast, and I could believe that's truth. And then even moving to a couple days ago, where the world wants to talk about Zion, about so many things, whether it's on the court or off the court. And you know who got the exclusive interview with Zion? Gilbert Arenas shooting his podcast at the wind at the Blue Wire Studios. Like, this is completely changed. That wasn't Sports Center 11 p.m. Oh, yeah. in Pelt. Like, By the it, way, like, Adrian, when, like, when, 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 the, when the biggest free agent story or the trade story in the National Football League, it was Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, this is like a weekly thing. What's the one show he goes on? It's Pat McAfee. It'd be very interesting, by the way, if that continues. My, my guess is it perhaps will. But I think he likes that Pat does his own thing. Pat does his own thing, and he's not beholden to the Walt Disney Company, for example. And so, again, it has changed how you want to uh, uh, talk to the public. You know, before years gone. By the way, when LeBron made his decision, both decisions, right? First time was on television. Jim Gray, sit down. It was on ESPN. Charity. But even even the second time, bro. But even the second time. It was in Sports Illustrated. I mean, think about that. Like, he actually went to a traditional print journalism outlet. I promise you, if if LeBron wanted to do something tomorrow, it's on his platform, right? It's on, it's, it's, it's on his terms. I mean, even Lamar, too, during all this drama, I remember he went on a, a content creator, a Baltimore Ravens content creator's YouTube and did an interview with him. That's the only person that he spoke with. And it's kind of... And I stepping away from like the newspapers and things like that, it's kind of changed the landscape completely differently. And I remember to to even bring this even bigger because there's so many branches on this tree about everything that's changing. We broke the news about the ESPN layoffs. And to me, the first signifier that things were changing, well, there was two. Number one is that they really let go of Dan Lebetard. And we brought up Pat McAfee, Colin Cowherd. You could look through the list of people that were on ESPN radio. By the way, ESPN radio, like as a national thing, is 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 dying. They don't know what to do with it. Um, but they're letting uh, go of all these different things. I remember when they said we're only doing baseball tonight on Sunday night, leading yeah. into Sunday night baseball. And to me, that was ridiculous. Like as a youth, my life was filled with web gems and they took it away. But now... As they let go of all these people that they did, Brandon brought up Jeff Van Gundy and the full list. It's on the Sporting Trib on our Twitter. Go check it out. I'm curious for everyone in here. Does that change you? Like, does that change your viewing habits of watching ESPN now? Because at the end of the day, they still got the games. So do any of these things really affect your viewing habits when it comes to ESPN? 
our money buckets, let's have you make that last point before you have to step out. I mean, again, how do you consume the media? Has this changed it? Well, I think, you know, obviously it just happened. So we have to wait and see what transpires. But I really, the Van Gundy one really hurt me because I really enjoyed listening to him, as I'm sure a lot of us did. And now you're really sacrificing. You're going to have to see what works. Do you go with Mike Breen and Mark Jackson and that's it? Van Gundy, he was such a unique personality. And that's kind of the common theme with, with these ESPN layoffs is, they're getting rid of these these people that have unique personalities that people have listened to for a long time that we've gotten accustomed to that we enjoy and now yeah i mean we have no choice if if you want to watch you know an abc primetime nba game for example yeah you're going to have to watch it on that network but it might be a lot different with with how we consume it whether you know, you have the volume full blast or, or volume off, maybe. Still, though, Mike Breen in and, in and of himself is a legend. So in that respect, I don't think too much will change. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a completely different way that, that we consume ESPN and, and sports media in general, for sure. And on that I, note, I'm going to have to are, are, Brandon, are you not wa- – like, Wait, first off, are you watching? Are you watching, like, some of these shows – or Sports Center that's not 11 p.m. with Scott Van Pelt. Um, so that, that's first. Are you doing that? Let's see if Brandon's doing that. I don't know if he muted himself. You can hear me, guys, right? You guys can hear you. me? You got you, brother. By the way, I gave yeah, you real yeah. quick. This is like old school, like call-in on WFAN. Like, I don't know what happened to Brandon's phone. It was perfect. And then now even like the the, the, the call quality is like he's calling from. Let's let's go out to Brandon. And that, oh, I'm not kidding, Brandon. But anyway, sorry. You know, we make no, no. It's all good. We just we make adjustments. You know, that's right. Fly, it is what it is. I, I wouldn't say buy to arm on, but he hopped off quicker <laughs> than Usain Bolt on a in a in a sprint race. <laughs> but I wanted to say this: like I consumed a lot of stuff over the past years, but my childhood, like Adrian said, Sports Center is amazing to watch. Right, obviously. Um, you know, all right, Brandon, thanks for the call. First time, long time. Um, look, I just, I just, it's one of these, like, let's go back to the point I was making with Woj and Shams and basically how all insiders are, like, it's a whole nother discussion of do people care how this information is received? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we saw some of the leaks with Adam Schefter and how he spoke with some executives and stuff like that. But, like, it really is a matter of relationships with other people um, and relationships within the league. But I think that 95% of sports fans don't care how Woj got this. They care what the story is that this yeah. player has signed or has been traded. And it's one of those things where like, no, to me, I, I kind I care. Like I kind of like, <laughs> Like if Schefter drops something, I'm immediately going for what's the agenda. Well, when Sam's drops this, I'm like, yeah, he didn't drop this. I this mean, is what Kyrie wanted to say. You could That's tell when you read the tweet, though. I mean, so hey, there's a couple things, right? Like when when they break stories now about signings, which they didn't normally do before, but uh, they now say this deal was negotiated by this agent at this firm, and it's like, okay, so I mean, you, you kind of know who gave them the information and i think it's important for that person in that firm whether it's caa whether it's clutch or whatnot to say like hey i negotiated this deal 
our company negotiated this deal. Um, you could also tell when you read, you know, how the tweet is phrased. And I like Schefter as a person, but I think he's gotten into some hot water where you could basically see, you know, how he got the information and how he words it. Uh, Brandon, let's let, let's try you one more time. Um, and again, if it doesn't work, man, we've really tried our best here. Um, when you read tweets from guys who break news, whether it's Woj, Shams, Schefter, or whatnot, do you care how they got that news? Um, you know, I do. I didn't think Schefter handled it correctly with the Andrew Luck situation a few years back, you know, on the field. And that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure Chef is a great guy, and I'm not trying to demean him in any way and, you know, burn any bridges. But I just don't think that was the right thing to do. I know he wants to be first. But if he was the only primary guy to get that information, which I think he was, he should have waited until that, uh, you know, preseason game ended. I feel like there's tons of instances like that where reporters push the boundaries and kind of, uh, you know, you do have an obligation to put out the news. But again, these are human beings we're dealing with, too. And I think that's why a lot of media members have some bad raps, even as a media member is saying this, is because, you know, sometimes the media... Uh, not the media, because, you know, people call it like the media, but reporters uh, have a bad rap because of that, right? And players don't want to talk to them and stuff like that. It's because of stuff like that. Uh, I will say this. I think players and fans are now um, going toward wanting to follow people that are similar to them. And whether that be fans, guys that, uh, you know, are like the Baltimore Ravens guy with Lamar that you brought up, Adrian, that's important guys that are following the game similar to what they are and have similarities, not just this is a person that covers and won't say anything controversial. And like, no, nah, they want to hear your opinion. Like you're a person. They want to hear your stuff. And I feel like we're entering this time where you can be a reporter and still get, obviously you never want to say, Oh, I'm never going to go on Twitter and say the angels embarrassing yet again, you know, but you know, you can say it how it is. It's been, it's been a rough season for them. And I think interacting with fans of, Angels, Twitter, and stuff like that is important for reporters. I think that's a fascinating point, and, and I'd love to kind of expand on that some more because I think what, what has happened, you're exactly right. You know, if you're a fan of the Clippers, for example, and our very own Joey Lynn hosts a podcast, I mean, you could tell Joey loves the Clippers. And so when he tweets about the Clippers, like, he doesn't hide it. And I think that's why he's very popular amongst Clippers fans, because you're not just a black and white uh, capital J journalist who, like, you know, here's the stats. Like, like Joey, like, literally, like, grew up as a Clippers fan. He posts pictures of him going to games cheering for Blake Griffin. Um, so previous the old school media that that wouldn't fly like you know joey couldn't do what he's doing at for example the 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 times you know they, they, they say no you're you're a journalist you have to you know just cover the games well if you're a clippers fan you love the fact that joey lives and dies with a team like you do and so my question to you and adrian i'll start with you where are, are we going with this? I, I do think that you're right. And by the way, that's how we consume our news now. I mean, to take it to that point, you know, if you're, if you're on the right side, right, you, you watch Fox News, maybe left, it's uh, MSNBC or something like that. Like, that's the way people are beginning to consume their news, where if you're, I'm just going to use the Clippers for an example, 
you follow Joey Lynn on in Farbod and Tomer, and you hear their podcasts, and like that's how you consume your 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 news of your team. I uh, I I really like. I don't have a positive. Um, I, I here's a positive. I think that similar to music, um, like I'm a huge hip hop fan and, and, and have worked in hip hop radio, you know, there's always a complaint that this new stuff sucks. And it's like, no, because of the internet, whatever thing you're trying to see, if you want hip hop raps about super Mario brothers and Sonic, there's nerd rap for you. There's so many different variations. So when, in my opinion, the only smart quote unquote show that like, you'll actually learn something on ESPN is NFL live. Like, if you want that for the NBA, Nikias Duncan and the Dunker Spot podcast, when it comes to basketball, you have that. You want a more analytical algorithm type talk for the NBA, like you have that. And you have that for so many different sports. But with some of these cuts, um, I know that Stephen A. Smith, to bring him up again, kind of um, was super offended when he went on Dan Lebitard's podcast. And Dan was like, hey, you know that you kind of, you and Skip kind of fathered all this new wave and I hate it um, to a certain respect because I, I, I can play the hits and I know what I say and I know what I do, but technically like you could go very far in this, not knowing a damn thing about the game, just knowing what to say as like trigger points, basically being a real life clickbait. Yeah. And that's kind of, and because that gets rewarded and because that gets attention, even some of these Twitter accounts uh, like NBA Central or, or oh like God, yeah. that are very, very false information. Like it's it's a sad time because excellence and and being great and, and taking care or watching and learning and this and that isn't being rewarded. It's who can yell and who can make me laugh. Yeah, like a professional wrestler on TV, and that's a lot. Yeah, and uh, and some. Well, oh yeah, go me, ahead, Rush. Let me close it out here because we're up against it. But this is this is something that I think we definitely have to talk about. It's one of the things that I really enjoy about these sporting tribunes that we have, like older journalists. You know, I'll loop myself in there. But you know, Steve, uh, Steve Carp, Norm Clark, guys like that, younger journalists up and coming, like Brandon, like Grant. Uh, these are important conversations to have, and I think both the young and the old can learn from each other. Because again, I think that there's importance in stories, in storytelling, in journalism, in covering these games, these teams, being around the clubhouse and the locker room and showing your face and not just having a hot take and not, and not saying, Hey, this is why this is my take. Um, I think that's important, but I also think it's important to go to where could the consumer is at. I think it's important to, to not just say, hey, we're going to put out this print section and we're not going to be on social, we're not going to be on TikTok, and we're not going to be on YouTube and things like that. So again, we're going to continue this conversation because I think it's important and I think we all love sports and we all love sports journalism. So let's leave it there for now. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.